Hi, this is On Yavin from Syndica, a top-notch Web 2, Web 3, and AI consulting firm. And you're listening to The Edge of NFT, a top-notch source for diving into all the fascinating things in Web 3 and emerging tech. Keep listening. Hi, NFT Curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn how 18 years of angel investing and passion for out-of-the-box problem-solving across many industries led our guests to building a vast blockchain ecosystem. And how one of the rarest weapons in World of Warcraft impacted a desire to invest in Web3 gaming. Finally, how Ute's NFT collection is migrating to Ethereum after accepting 3 million grant from Polygon. And yes, it's official. You can now dive into the captivating world of artificial intelligence with the Edge of AI podcast. Join us as we explore the frontiers of AI and its impact on our lives. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Twitter at the Edge of underscore AI and LinkedIn for exciting updates and insights. You can also visit our new website at edgeofai.xyz. Welcome to the Edge of NFT, the podcast created by Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's sponsored episode as part of our media partnership features on Yavin, the dynamic co-founder of Syndica, a leading Web3 syndicate renowned for its comprehensive capabilities in supporting startups, corporates, and initiatives. A serial entrepreneur, lawyer, and angel investor, on Yavin has been a cornerstone in establishing several successful companies and mentoring many others. He stepped into blockchain industry in 2017 with the founding of Cointelligence, where he significantly contributed to research and education. In 2021, he launched Cointelligence Fund, an early stage venture capital crypto fund, and with a focus on metaverse and blockchain-based games, serving as managing partner. More recently, in 2023, he co-founded Syndica, bringing his premier expertise to the Web3 and AI syndicate. Syndica stands out as a top-tier Web3 syndicate, offering full-scale support to various business endeavors. With a robust team of over 50 members, they provide the highest level of Web3 technology consulting, architecture, and development, Web3 economics, and data science, and comprehensive venture studio capabilities. On pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah, it's exciting to be part of Syndica, and that's sort of the full disclosure for our audience is that we recently did join this syndicate. And we're just excited to talk to you about not only what you're building, your perspective on the industry and what Syndica is all about, because let's face it, it takes a lot of grit to be successful in Web3. And you need to have friends around you that also can help sort of accelerate you. And I think you've learned a lot about what makes companies thrive in this type of industry from your experience in building a fund and sort of working with so many startups. And so it definitely sparked my curiosity when I heard about Syndica. But before we go into that, I'd love to just chat with you a little bit about your background. What were you doing before you got into blockchain and what compelled you to jump into the blockchain space and particularly gaming? Sure. Thank you for asking. So I am considered to be a civil entrepreneur. I um, started and developed companies in different industries. I will uh, talk about two of them as examples. So before I joined the industry, I was managing and also working hands-on with my teams at my advertising agency. And I um, specifically focused on everything related to SEO, search engine optimization, PPC campaigns, pay-per-click campaigns, social media networks campaigns, and so on. I really liked the hands-on work itself. As I mentioned, I was doing it with my team and I did it for a few good years. The second example that I would like to give you is the real estate company that I established. That's a very straightforward and very boring company that buys real estate, invests in real estate and so on. So these are just two examples, but I would say that the biggest thing beside these two examples is the fact that I have been an angel investor for 18 years and I've been investing in startups and advising and mentoring a lot of the founders over the years. 
Yeah. So I appreciate sort of how someone with a cross industry perspective can get attracted to blockchain, right? I come from food tech and I've met a lot of people that have come from real estate and from traditional venture, as well as just being serial entrepreneurs. It sort of makes me wonder what was that spark that kind of made you go all in on blockchain, having seen all these different industries and different technology use cases? So I still remember exactly how it happened when I got a phone call from a good friend of mine, and he told me that he's going to start operating in the blockchain and cryptocurrencies industry. And we had a chat about 25 minutes. And in these 25 minutes, he managed to get across to me the fact, and that's what I thought as soon as we hung up the phone, that blockchain and cryptocurrencies are the future of the financial markets, but of almost every industry out there. And that's the thing that got me so excited about this. And the day later, I started freeing up my time in order to be able to completely focus on blockchain and cryptocurrencies. And that's what I did. I actually sat down and educated myself from 6 a.m. until midnight every single day for a couple of months. Every day I got even more excited and more excited. And I am still think it's the same situation and it's still going to be the future of the financial markets and other industries. But I can tell you that as much as I'm excited about the future, I can also tell you that following six years in this industry, and actually I'm going to celebrate six years this month, I can tell you that it is probably the craziest industry to be in on all aspects. <laughs> yeah, never a dull moment. Plenty to do. And just like you, when I, when I got in, there's just so much information. It can feel like drinking from a fire hose. But when you're chopping it up and just slowly integrating yourself into the space and breaking it down, the wheels start to turn and, and dots start to connect. And so a lot has happened in your six years of now being in this space. What is your current perspective on Web3 at this current moment in time? First of all, I still think that Web3 is the evolution of the internet. Some would say revolution, some would say evolution. And I still think and... Actually, I'm pretty sure, not just think, if I may say so, that it's definitely the future of the internet, if you can actually say something like that. Beside that, I think that still with the blockchain technology, we can achieve so many things that we could have not just achieved them before. And thanks to decentralization, things are possible. If we talk later on about gaming, that's a very, very a good example, in my opinion. And there's a reason that I decided to focus our investment in gaming. And beside the positive notion, I think that we are in a horrible situation right now. I think that following all the bankruptcies and all the scams that's happened in the industry, I know a thing or two about these scams, considering the fact that I called out more than 100 different scams until today, personally. I think the situation is so horrible because not only the world is looking at us in a very, very negative way. Today, if you say to someone outside the industry that you're into blockchain or cryptocurrencies, the first thing that they think is scam. It doesn't matter how you turn it around. And it doesn't matter who you are. So I think the situation is not that good. But I'm hoping that in the next few years, it's going to uh, change a lot. Yeah, I appreciate your candor there. And I think we share sort of this passion for leading with education. And that's the type of content that we create to shine a light on the real building happening and the real use cases. And we'll go into that a little bit more. But in terms of deciding to kick off Syndica, it was intriguing to me when I heard about it because we had talked many times before around sort of your fund. And Typically, fund managers go on to create bigger funds or they might do a venture studio model. But you chose something quite different. What is sort of the impetus and sort of story behind Syndica and, and how has it sort of evolved since you originally came up with the idea? 
<laughs> Thank you for asking. So first of all, I'm laughing because you made me remember that two people that I talked to when I decided to co-found Syndica, <laughs> their response was on what's wrong with you. I mean, you're already a fund manager now. I mean, obviously, that is not a lot of work. You're going to co-found a services company that's huge, tons amounts of work. Why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> so that's why I'm laughing. And it is a tons amount of work, but it's also very, very rewarding. And to answer your question, I would say the following. First of all, I had an opportunity. Tzachi Kanza, who is my co-founder at Syndica, reached out to me told me that there's an opportunity for me to buy his partner out, the partner that he had back then, and to join him at the previous company before Syndica. I obviously agreed after considering it, and then we decided to completely rebrand the company and to focus it much more on what Syndica is doing today. And beside what I said, one of the main reasons, and following what you asked me about my thoughts on the industry, that was a huge trigger for me to create Syndica at its current form. Because I've seen so many scams, and it's not just the scams of the projects that are stealing money from innocent mom and pop investors. I am referring also to my portfolio companies at Cointelligence Fund, and a few of them Actually, I think that almost half of them were scammed. If it's either scammed by service providers that just took their money and disappeared on them, or scammed them in a way that they took their money but provided such poor services that it's not a matter of poor services. It's a scam. It doesn't matter how you turn it around. And by the way, in our industry, fake it until you make it is the standard. Yeah, and we sort of come up with these gentle words like rug pull to sort of disguise situations where it's just downright fraud. It is. It's absolute fraud. And it just pains me so much. And going back to your question, that was a big trigger for me to establish Syndica. Now, the last part of my answer is going to be the fact that I have seen in our industry, everybody keeps talking, especially in the last two or three years, about DAOs. Everybody keeps talking about DAOs. DAOs is the future. DAOs is this. DAO is that. What I have seen until today is that most of these DAOs, beside the fact that they are clearly violating laws and regulations, and the founders for some reason think that they are going to be protected because it's a DAO, which is exactly the opposite, by the way. And I'm saying that as a lawyer that understands a thing or two, who understands a thing or two about uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies regulation or potential future regulation, which is another problem that we have at the moment in the industry. And what we are planning to do at Syndica is actually to try to establish a DAO model without being a DAO. And I'm emphasizing that part, so I don't want to mislead anyone by mistake. We're not a DAO. We're not going to be a DAO. We're not based on blockchain, and we're not going to have the token governance. So just to clarify on that, when I say that I am calling it a DAO because we are working these days on the members' committees, and the members' committees are going to be the decision-making mechanism of Syndica. And that gets me very, very excited because it's not just another company that provides specific services. It's a company that provides basically all of the services that founders need. And some of the services are offered by the members and not by the core team members. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting distinction because going back to your core challenge of why you started Syndicate in the first place is scamming and people not delivering and executing on what was promised. And so by bringing these different people together that both you vet and making sure that whoever is part of it is going to be able to deliver on what they're talking about, what are some of the other big visions of Syndica? Like, What are some of those key concepts that you can kind of talk about for our audience? Sure. So first of all, the basics of Syndica, and I mentioned that Syndica is based on a previous company, 
So the main service is blockchain and AI development, and I'm referring to software development. Beside that, everything around economics is a core service, and I'm referring to all types of economics from financial planning to crypto tokenomics and so on. And the list goes on and on to legal, to Web3 marketing, and so on. So everything that I just mentioned now is a part of the Venture Studio services. And beside that, and beside the mechanism that I mentioned before, what we are planning to start considering next year is everything around the acceleration for the startups and to help them to actually take and Syndica, by the way, already did it before, the previous company did it before, taking an idea and a concept that was made up by the founders and actually helped them build it from scratch until they do the exit. So that's the big vision of Syndica combined with everything that I mentioned already. Very cool. One thing that immediately caught my attention because we were in the middle of rolling out our newest sort of sister brother show, Edge of AI, is that you also decided to include AI in your services. Now, a lot of folks are sort of jumping on the AI train. There's this sort of general sort of mixed feeling about anyone that's doing anything in AI, that it's sort of a little bit more hype than substance or AI has been around for a while. I, for one, think that we're at a sort of critical moment with generative AI and sort of the adoption of AI that makes this moment meaningful more than just hype. But why did you decide to include AI as part of the syndicate's core services? That's a really good question. It's actually not a decision that I made. The decision was made about two and a half years ago when the previous company started developing for AI and it was no brainer for us to include that in the syndicate itself. So you're absolutely right. It became a buzzword these days. When I tell people about Syndica and when I'm focused on the development part, I'm always mentioning this, what I just told you, because it's obvious to everyone that it became a buzzword and everybody, all the serial entrepreneurs out there are into AI now. And more specifically, all the blockchain crypto advisors, more specifically, ICO advisors are now AI advisors, which is very ridiculous that they became experts within such a short time. Speaking of experts, when I joined the industry and people started calling me a crypto expert, I didn't allow it. The only time that I didn't reject it and I stopped telling people to stop saying it is when I was in the industry for more than five years. And that's a proper time for me to make someone potentially an expert. With regards to AI, we have done so much already. We actually have an AI CTO at Syndica, and he's in charge of the AI developments. And it's something that we've been doing for a while. And to keep adding on to that, I think it was not just timely, but really wise of y'all to continue to explore all the innovations of AI. And I even think there's going to be a really cool crossover between the world of AI bridging into Web3 and building things on blockchain, make things more efficient and faster and everything else. And something earlier that you mentioned, I want to go back and touch on, because I do think it's important to get more information on, which is how you talked about the unique membership model. Can you just expand on how Syndica's members are able to benefit from the ecosystem and work with each other in the very unique ways that they can? Yeah, of course. By the way, regarding what you just mentioned now, I don't think I'm sure that AI and blockchain are going to be mixed together. And for me, it's very, very straightforward because if you take the gaming industry, it's already happening. You have games that are being built on blockchain these days. You already have the gaming giants that started discussing AI and how AI is going to be used for the NPCs, the non-player characters in the games. So it's already happening. It's not even the future. It's happening right now. And I am sure that by the end of next year, I'm going to be able to try at least one or two games that are going to implement the AI for the NPCs. To answer your question about the membership model. So 
First of all, the most unique part about Syndica's membership is the fact that it doesn't cost money to join as a member. <laughs> that, that's the biggest thing. Whenever you hear about a membership club, I never saw a membership club that doesn't ask its members to pay. And the reason that we decided not to ask for payment is because we truly believe in real partnerships and we really want the members to join and to join and become a real member, not someone that paid for it and was able to get through the door by a payment. No, the members are being chosen very, very carefully and being vetted very carefully and so on. Now, the membership model itself allows the members to contribute to Syndica. And when they contribute to Syndica, if they contributed to Syndica, in fact, they are being rewarded with equity shares. And I think that's the biggest thing about the membership model, because right now, Syndica is a profitable company. So we're not profitable by millions per month. We're on the border of break even. And obviously, right now, we're using most of the profit for marketing purposes and so on. But we are profitable with 31 paid employees. And we are offering equity shares from a profitable company, which is completely different if you compare it to a startup offering equity. And I know a thing or two about that because I have equity in about a couple of thousands of startups, considering I've been doing this for more than 18 years now. And they are worth absolutely zero beside the ones that actually succeeded, which is only a few of them, of course. So that's the huge difference between what we are offering and others are offering. And I would like to also add to that the fact that there's different ways to contribute. You don't have to do just one specific thing to contribute to Syndica. Members can be onboarded and to help Syndica with BizDev, with marketing, with sales. They can also join Syndica and help by actually providing services to Syndica itself and then being offered equity shares or a mix of cash payments and equity shares together. And lastly, one of the biggest things that I would like to see happening is when members are taking part in the members' committees and means that they are taking part in the decision-making of Syndica, they will also be rewarded with either cash money or equity shares. And that's, in my opinion, the most exciting part about Syndica. Very cool. Let's get into some of the nuts and bolts. You've got this team of devs cranking away here. Are there any specific projects that you're allowed to disclose that either the company is working on or has worked on? And to go beyond that, what are the types of projects that are on your roadmap? I can just sort of envision all these fun intersections with gaming and AI and blockchain infrastructure and Part of the fun of being on the dev side of the house, of course, is that you get to be seeing the trends and thinking about what's the next sort of use cases for this technology. So maybe you could talk about that too. Yeah, sure. So first case study that I can give you is a project that Syndica has been developing for a while, and that's called Alti. Alti is the world's first Web3 community chatbot and cross-chain crypto wallet. And it's a very, very interesting concept and interesting project in general, in my opinion. And going back to what I mentioned before, actually, this is a good example of a project that Syndica has been developing for a while and was helping the founders to establish everything almost from scratch. And the second example is, and you mentioned that gaming, we already provided services to Web3 gaming projects. And more specifically, as I mentioned before, we used to be very focused on everything related to economics. And this specific service for this project that I'm referring to was actually building the whole crypto tokenomics from scratch and to make sure that it's potentially viable. The last example that I would like to give you, and it's not just one specific example, because it is important to mention that Syndica is all about Web3 and AI, but I have to tell you, that it already has experience with hundreds of different projects for Web2. So it's not just limited to Web3 and AI, but that's definitely the focus. 
Yeah. And those are some really cool products. And I think there's going to be a huge evolution in the world of gaming and it's going to continue to go more in this direction. But since you have thousands of companies that you've heard through the years and are also involved in Syndica outside of Syndica, what are some of the projects that you've been following in the Web3 and blockchain space that you've been finding pretty interesting that is outside of Syndica? Yeah, sure. One more thing I wanted to add with regards to what we mentioned before about the different services of Syndica, and that's something very, very important to me personally, is the advisory service. And I have to tell you that going back to what we discussed before at the beginning, another thing that I've noticed in our industry is the fact that there's so many scammy advisors and non-professional advisors. And they are providing their advisory. And some of the times that I had the pleasure of going on conference calls with them, I was completely shocked by the advice that they provided. In, In some cases, they actually advised founders to violate laws and regulations. In some cases, I've seen advisors advising on how to do all kinds of shady stuff in order to do marketing for the project. And obviously, everybody in the industry is very well aware of the bots issue, and it doesn't end up with the bots only. And lastly, in some cases, the advisors are just joining as advisors. They're not doing anything. And I mean it, like absolutely zero, nothing. I talked to one of our portfolio companies about two months ago, and the founder told me that he decided to remove all of the advisors. He had six or seven advisors back then, and he decided to remove all of them. And two of them are very, very high level names in our industry. Just to clarify, they just didn't do anything. So with Syndica Advisory Service, that's something that I'm going to be completely focused on the members' advisory capabilities because we do have amazing members at Syndica already. And that's something that I wanted to highlight as well. Now, with regards to examples, absolutely. One example that I would like to give you is a portfolio company of Coin Intelligence Fund. It's called Cradles. Cradles is an open space game that I myself personally am very excited about because I'm a gamer myself. I've been a gamer all my life. We didn't mention that in my bio because I edited it just recently because it's a part of my day-to-day job now these days. And I am a huge fan of open space, MMO, RPGs, types of games. And this excites me personally. But beside the personal excitement, the reason that I'm telling you about this project is the fact that what the founders decided to do with NFTs is something that is absolutely incredible, in my opinion. One of the biggest problems that I have seen is the fact that most NFTs are based on specific mechanisms that do not allow them to be changed. You have this NFT and that's it. It's for lifetime. It's registered on the blockchain. It's never going to be changed, which is also great in many cases. But in the case of games, and more specifically in the case of in-game items, let's say that I'm playing a game and I just looted a sword from a boss. That sword in the new types of blockchain-based games should be an NFT. And that NFT is supposed to be owned by the player, the same player that actually achieved that weapon. Cradles found a way to make NFTs change, which means, that's the example of the sword. When you play with a sword, you're supposed to fix it from time to time. It doesn't stay the way that it is. I'm talking about real life. If you had a sword in real life, and you were going out to fight with that sword, you will have to take care of it as you take care of any tool out there. You need to make it sharp. You need to make sure that it continues to remain sharp. In the virtual reality weapons, it doesn't happen, and it doesn't make sense. And I'm not talking about traditional games, because in traditional games, it does happen. I'm talking about the new generation of blockchain-based games. And that's why I get very, very excited about this specific project. And the second example that I would like to give you is actually a completely different type of a project that Cointelligence Fund invested in. And it's not a game. It's going to have mini games in it. But that project is called Ethereum Towers. 
I actually had a catch-up call with the founders earlier today, and I was extremely impressed by their progress and what they managed to achieve, especially during these difficult times in our industry. And I get very excited about Ethereum Towers because everybody were talking about the metaverse and the future of the metaverse and so on. By the way, side note, in my opinion, the metaverse has been around for many, many years. Obviously, I'm referring to the big games out there, the open space games, but that's beside the point. And with Ethereum Towers, you're going to be able to buy your own apartment at the virtual reality towers, obviously. And you will be able to basically do everything that you are doing in real life in that space, which means that you're going to have furniture, you're going to be able to practically use thousands of different items, buy them, sell them, build them, and so on and so on. So that get me very much excited. And I'm hoping that the launch will be successful that is planned to happen in a few months. Yeah, I'm checking out the website. Definitely looks cool. Richard, I think we have some some new games to put on our playlist. Yeah, go check it out. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Well, speaking of sharp swords, hope your sharp mind is ready for Edge Quick Hitters. This is a fun, quick way to get to know you a little better. There's 10 questions, and we're looking for a short single word or few word response, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. You ready, On? All ready. Let's do it. All right. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? The book, The Hobbit. Nice. Classic one. Definitely sort of relates to your proclivity for adventures and mysterious lands, physical, digital, all the above. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Oh, that's a good one. So I was born and raised in Tel Aviv, Israel. And in Israel, I had one of the first CD-ROM burners. And oh, yeah. the reason I am mentioning Israel is because back then, and we're talking about, I think it was, what, 35 years ago, something like that. It wasn't that advanced. As much as Israel is startup nation, very well known to be startup nation, it's actually a third world country in many ways. And people just don't get it that it advances much, much slower. So I'm explaining that because, for example, to say something like this, that I had one of the first city burners in the U.S. is going to sound very, very weird because those probably has been around tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands as soon as they were launched. But in Israel, it wasn't the case. Anyways, I had the, one of the first. And I remember that I was burning on the CDs different things and selling them to my classmates. <laughs> so that's the first thing. I'm not sure it's the first thing that I ever sold in my life, but it's the first thing that I definitely remember. Okay. That actually became my first business. <laughs> well, I have a lot of blanks that I had that idea, but that market got pretty saturated in the US pretty quickly. I noticed you said things. We won't pry into what those things are on this podcast. <laughs> we'll leave it at that and create a little bit of mystery there. <laughs> that you have the mystery, but I have to tell you that in reality, it wasn't that interesting. The interesting part I already said. <laughs> so got to ask you on the kind of on the flip side of it, what was the most recent thing that you purchased? How surprising. The cryptocurrency. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can't, actually can't. had to think about it because Can I wasn't you, sure you, if I bought something afterwards because I wasn't sure if I bought that cryptocurrency and then I bought my lunch today, <laughs> it was afterwards. Well, not financial advice, but can you share which one? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Because I'm not doing any financial advice ever. <laughs> and I don't All want right. to make anyone to buy it. We'll save it for the green room. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, what is the most recent thing you sold? The recent thing that I sold. On Flip, the same cryptocurrency. He just, no, no, that's, no. Why, that's why I got confused. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not a flipper. When I buy cryptocurrency, it's at least for a couple of days or more. <laughs> the thing that I sold recently, I would say, no, I don't remember. Pass. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Not a seller, more of a buyer. Got it. What is your most prized possession? I know that this is going to sound like a big cliche, but my knowledge and experience, and I literally mean it. Yeah, I mean, life is just packed with lessons learned, right? That's the juice of life. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service experience is currently for sale, what would it be? And if I can literally buy it and own it, not to buy it, pretend, because what I'm going to say now is impossible to buy, but I'm hoping to change that. So there is a legendary weapon in World of Warcraft that is called the Glaives. It's in the Burning Crusade version, and it's the most beautiful virtual weapon that I ever saw in my life. I was actually almost ready to pay about $10,000, which is an unrealistic amount for something like this, when the classic version was launched, which happened about a year and a half ago, something like that, or two years ago. And the reason that I didn't buy it is because I can't own it. It's as simple as that. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that is a very unique one. And that is a one-of-one answer I've heard on this show. So really cool. I'll have to go check that out just so I can look up what that is. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? So I'm not sure if you can call that a trait, but one of the things that are most important for me in life is to have justice. So I would say that's definitely something that I would like to pass on. Yeah, I think that's a good one. The sense of justice, ensuring that justice is served. So that is a definitely unique one. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits for the next generation, what would it be? Well, it's getting much better over the years when I get older, but I would say that I can get upset too quickly, emotionally too quickly. That's something that I think that I would definitely prefer not to have. Yes, your passion for justice can can get the best of you, perhaps. And yeah, that's always the flip side of having any kind of strong instinct. And I can certainly appreciate that. Two more questions for you on what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I competed in the World of Warcraft arena. Nice. The gamer in you is really coming out on this show. Have you tried the new app game NFL Rivals by Mythical Games yet? Not yet, but it's definitely on my list. All right. Check it out. I've gotten pretty addicted to it. The gameplay is, is really good. I used to be a big Madden fan. I think I'm a convert and it's a blockchain game. And what they've done seamlessly is it's really cool. They've come on the show. They've been part of Outer Edge. They they just did a big raise. I'm definitely a fan. Last question. What are you going to do next after the podcast? I'm going to have uh, dinner with my family. Nice. At home or heading out? No, at home. Do you do any cooking? So I hate cooking. You will never uh, catch me cooking. And actually, my wife decided to cook today after a while because we had a newborn a couple of months ago. So it's been a while since she was cooking. And I'm very excited about uh, tonight's dinner. Right on, right on. Congrats, Mazel tov. Looks like Richard has a bonus question for you. So we always like to finish with a bonus question. And my bonus question for you, which I think I might know the answer, but curious to still hear anyway, what is your favorite game of all time? I mean, you can't play any other game. This is the only game that you can play from now on. What is that game? Well, I already mentioned it. It's World of Warcraft by far. Nothing comes close to it. I have to say that I cannot 
stand the way that Blizzard, the company behind World of Warcraft, is managing the operations. I think there's so many problems, so many issues, so many bugs and other issues at the game, but it is by far the best game ever created for that genre, and nothing can come close to it until today. And I'm very, very, very hopeful that one of my portfolio companies is actually going to replace World of Warcraft for me and allow me to change it. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe, it's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Well, that concludes Edge Quick Hitters. I think we have a little time for some hot topics if you guys are down for that. Sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, the first one hits home because Richard and I already have our tickets and our flights booked. We'll be a media partner at Korea Blockchain Week this year, which is Asia's premier blockchain event, uniting industry leaders, investors, enthusiasts from across the globe to explore the latest trends and developments. It's organized by FactBlock, co-hosted by Hash, and offers a rich agenda with the usual speeches, panel discussions by blockchain experts. But also there's some really unique networking opportunities and collaboration with both the Korean and the international community within blockchain. It's going to be September 4th through the 10th at the Shilla, which is a beautiful hotel we've been to before. And that's going to be September 5th and 6th. There's also going to be an NFT expo called The Gateway, which has been hosted in the past in Miami. And that's hosted by FactBlock as well as NFT Now. And that's going to be in the... Seong, Su, Dong, Seoul region, which is sort of on the other part of town. And last but not least, it's going to culminate with an NFT Web3 theme music festival, Soul Bound. And that's going to run on the 9th and 10th. And then we'll be hitting the road to Singapore. So Richard, sounds like we've got a busy few days. We do. I'm really excited for this. This is personally my first time spending some quality time in Korea. I'm excited to see how the Web3 community is happening on that side of the world. Like we've been to, even at our event, Outer Edge, going to other events across the country, a good bit of the community from Asia will fly in and I've gotten to connect with quite a few. And now it's cool to just be able to go directly over on that side of the world and connect, find people who are building business over there and, and find ways to collaborate. So excited for the culture, excited for meeting amazing people and finding ways to keep building these international bridges so we can keep bringing the world of Web3 together. Yeah, absolutely. On, have you had a chance to spend any time in Seoul? So actually never. I've never been there. And I really need to do an Asia tour because I've been all over the world. But I have to tell you that in Asia, I've been to, I think, only two countries until today. 
And I definitely need to extend on that. And considering the fact that it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest blockchain and crypto hub in the world, I'm referring to entire Asia, and I definitely need to start visiting more often. Well, you're welcome to come join us for some Korean barbecue in Seoul. If your schedule allows, it should be a really fun time. Let's do one more hot topic. What do you say, guys? Sure. Sure. Cool. Let's see here. So this is kind of interesting. The Utes NFT collection is migrating to Ethereum after accepting a $3 million grant from Polygon. So a little bit of a switcheroo. I've been running into Frank a lot lately. I didn't ask him about this, but here's the gist. Utes is a collection that was among the top projects on Solana. And they announced that they were migrating to Polygon and previously and that they would return the $3 million grant it received from Ethereum to earlier this year. Instead, it's just going straight to Ethereum to unite the DGAs and Utes communities. And they had already completed their migration, planned to use the grant to fund the team expansion continue to grow its project. And Polygon is now going to redeploy 1 million of the refunded grant to empower its native network of builders and creators. So definitely like a switcheroo. I will say I do respect the D-Gods for promptly returning the funds. And I can appreciate these are not easy decisions around interoperability and where to live. And Ethereum is still the grand pooba, right? And I think after they really did some due diligence, that it made sense that that was more of their home base to, to unite all their NFTs. And they're thinking long-term. The D-Gods has been a consistent winner in the space. They've held their value very creatively with a lot of community engagement. Their newest collection they just launched, I think, actually changes the existing artwork, includes females as representatives of the D-Gods community. So yeah, overall, more power to them. Definitely shows the complexity of making these types of decisions. you guys have any other thoughts? So I'm not aware of the details, but from what you just uh, mentioned, it's actually uh, pretty admirable in considering our industry, returning the funds like that, unless they were completely obligated by the agreement to do it, I say kudos to them. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of projects are being built on in, on Ethereum. And the fact that they decided to go straight to Solana and then after being on Solana and basically accounting for 70% of the trade volume, uh, almost being a monopoly over there for a while, deciding to pivot and go on to another chain shows that one, the investment that Polygon's willing to make to bring on a community that they see the value in and see people actively engaging in. So kudos to Polygon going directly to them and doing that. But as I already mentioned, to be able to say, look, I'm willing to return your funds. I appreciate you wanting to work with us, but we're going to actually go in this direction. Probably took a ton of time, probably wasn't taken lightly and was very strategic. And I am very just like in my own way, bullish on what Polygon's doing. They are constantly investing in projects and in communities that keep showing up and growing and building and just putting their money where their mouth is, but also furthering what I think Web3 is by also bridging in a lot of Web2 companies into where things are headed between NFTs, gamings, and et cetera. So I just think that Polygon is doing a lot of the right things. Their chain just keeps coming up in a lot of different new stuff. So just wanted to acknowledge that I think Polygon is really, really continuing to set the bar high. Absolutely. Well, we're almost done. We do have a fun segment called a shout out. Obviously, you are building an ecosystem and there's a lot going on in your world. Is there anyone in particular that you just want to shout out and give a little bit of TLC that maybe doesn't always get as much airtime as you speaking around the world? Yes, actually, I would like to shout out to two people. One is going to be very obvious. And that's the person that I mentioned before, Tzachi, my uh, co-founder at Syndica. Actually, I have three, if you don't mind. The second person that I'd like to shout out is my second co-founder at Syndica, who is Alex Kutcher, and he's doing an unbelievable job every single day. When I talk to him, I get impressed all over again. And the last person that I would like to shout out is definitely my wife. And I don't talk about her too much during professional engagements, but I think that this is definitely the right time and the place for me to say how much I appreciate everything that she's doing and the fact that she needs to uh, suffer my entrepreneurship all these years. It's not yeah. easy. 
That is true. My girlfriend is also sort of guilty of that. And I do shout her out time to time. And I know Richard's wife is very understanding as well. That's super important. It's been such a pleasure, man. Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and the projects that you're working on? So to find me is very easy. I think that I'm actually the only one in the world with my full name. So if you search on social media on Yavin, you will find me. I'm on mainly on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Beside that, you can visit cointelligence.fund to see everything about Cointelligence Fund and the portfolio companies. And more importantly, syndica.co. And you can learn a lot about Syndica on the website. And of course, we have a lot of educational content as well that is worth checking out. Very cool. And speaking of education, I think we came up with a pretty fun campaign together that sort of supports that. So appreciate your generosity. Five of our listeners and your community, actually, everyone can apply. We'll have an opportunity for a one-hour consultation with Syndica about whatever technology projects that they are building. I guess these could be the very, very infancy and beginning and idea to something more developed that needs some refinement. Absolutely. Thanks for that. I'm sure no matter what, from having those conversations, folks will get some real value as they're sort of evolving their projects. So I appreciate that on. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So don't be shy, guys. Definitely apply for that campaign. Okay. We've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on the Starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey also much better. How? Go to iTunes or Spotify right now. Rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. This episode was brought to you by today's guest and sponsor. The creators of Edge of NFT will be compensated to support the production costs associated with the program. We are very selective with society who to have on these shows, but we are learning as we go just like you. The views expressed are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to serve as an endorsement or investment advice. You are urged to do your own research as well as consult a reputable financial advisor before making any investment or purchase decision.